Easy G's will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Fine. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. They're screaming at you and they won't go to bed and you're exhausted and you've had a long day. And you've been dealing with it all day. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. She's been dealing with me all day. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today, you got time to lean, you got time to clean, son. That's right. Talk about work ethic. Work ethic. Work ethic. Got a uh, got a commercial sent to me, a pretty appalling commercial, a Cadillac commercial that I thought was new. It was sent to me by listener Ethan via, via Twitter.com. Um, all about this kind of boomer American work ethic commercial. I thought it was new. It turns out it was from 2014. I want to play that for you. It's pretty, um, I don't know, is appalling the right word, Vives? Yeah, I mean, it's disgraceful. It's it's a real it's a real turnoff, uh, but it did get me thinking, like, well, what about, because then another car company made a reaction to that, which was a little bit more empowering to, to the modern worker. And so we're taking a look at all different kinds of commercials that display various kinds of work ethic today. Plus... In the ad council, Vives, we have an ad counselor who thinks we might have had a hidden Manzukis in last week's show. Oh no, show. where's Manzukis? Where's we Manzukis? Yes. So we will. Um, well, well, we'll go to the tape. We'll put on our forensics hats. Okay. Do you have one? Did you bring it? Oh, I, I think you it's in the. Bring it's it. at the cleaners. You didn't bring it. Yeah. Oh my god! What's it like when you bring a forensic hat into the cleaners? <laughs> what do they say? There's like they're like there's a lot of stuff to get off of this. Yeah, and you say it's elementary. I picture a forensics hat being like a a deer stalker. Yeah, is that what you call them? The, the Sherlock Holmes hat. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like sometimes when you go out with me and I like to wear two baseball caps, one forward and one backward. <laughs> I don't know why you don't like that. when i pulled this song but man it's so tinny and weird sounding isn't it it is yeah well hope this isn't the one that gets us pulled off of soundcloud <laughs> um all right should we start with this commercial the, that listener ethan sent to us yeah this let's begin a- with this i i vaguely remember this and, and it making a splash back in the day um and when you first showed it to me i had forgotten that it was old but you're right this is this is from a different time in america i feel like this would never fly now even even cadillac wouldn't try to try to do this now the funny thing is i thought it was very much i thought it was very much of now because it was such a reaction to so this is originally this is from 2014 so it's 2021 now so about seven years right yeah i just think that the the general ethos and the general kind of like culture around work and work-life balance has shifted as millennials um, and their even younger counterparts, Generation Z, uh, take their place in the working world. Mm-hmm. It's really changing work culture. It's really changing you know, like what's acceptable to ask of workers. I mean, I'm not saying it's like changing what's actually being asked of workers, but it's changing what the uh, what the lip service is mm-hmm. a lot. Well, let's take a listen to this. And, now, and even as tone deaf as Cadillac can be, I don't think Cadillac would try this on in 2021. But I mean, even in 2014, you're starting to see that, right? I mean, 2014 is the height of millennials well, entering the well, workforce. Well, and the backlash and, was immediate, right? Yeah, and the backlash on this commercial was. Would yeah. you know? I mean, was there a lot of negative back? I assume there was, but I assume they knew this was going to be a controversial commercial when they put it out there. I remember I reading think that's that. True, yeah. In fact, this was originally going to be for the S. Escalade, uh, which is you the know the most like, conspicuous, the most conspicuous Cadillac. But yeah. then at the they decided that one way to kind of soften it for the younger generation is to make it for an electric vehicle. This is for their ELR, right? right? Which is and a I think it's electric. telling that like it's interchangeable to them in their minds. They're like, mm-hmm. well, uh, it was for the, like they're not advertising the Escalade or the ELR. They're just like this is the this is the the Cadillac brand, you yeah. know? Now, um, you immediately recognized this actor. He seems sort of familiar to me, but I, I couldn't place him. Who is it? He's a, pre- he's, he's a pretty well-known, I would say, character actor. He's probably been the lead on a few things. His name is Neil McDonough. He very frequently plays bad guys, and I mean, mm. like, bad 
guys. Okay. Like he there's actually a really a real heavy as my dad. He would plays say. the he often plays the heavy. So he's got a so and I think it's very telling that Cadillac, which has a kind of fuck you in their brand, um, of like fuck you, we're rich, we're Cadillac. You mm-hmm. know, we're the Cadillac we're the Cadillac of cars, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Neil McDonough has played like really bad guys. He often plays like cruel sort of sadistic bad guys or like um you know government uh you know spy he's like he's was the really bad guy in one of the red movies which you know i like oh um, retired and extremely dangerous that's right yes um which is what we call our cat when we took off his collar <laughs> we said right. you're retired now and <laughs> extremely dangerous um so neil mcdonough is a pretty well-known actor and it's and it's i think telling that cadillac picked a guy best known for playing kind of ruthless bad guys um and he also just gives off brand. and he gives off the most ultimate white upper class boomer guy he's right a, yeah he's probably a little young younger than your average boomer but he's up there and he's like he's got white hair it looks like here. he's just a very blonde guy oh i see it kind of comes it kind of reads as white hair though but and the point of this is he is a man who has earned himself a lot of money, supposedly. Uh, the commercial begins with him in his backyard, which if a backyard could be opulent, I don't know if that's the right word. This would be it opulent, can, and though. It is. Uh, he's standing in front of a pool that is, um, well, let's just say it's not an above-ground pool. This is a beautiful, it looks like the house is it's probably an infinity a pool. mid-century modern house with an infinity pool and just a perfectly manicured lawn and and patio and he it starts off we're seeing his back as he gazes out into his beautiful backyard overlooking his pool why do we work so hard for what for this for stuff other countries they work they stroll home they stop by the cafe they take august off off why aren't you like that why aren't we like that because we're crazy, driven, hardworking believers, that's why. Now he's walking through his house, which is just absolutely gorgeous and expensive. And we see but he's got tasteful. a... Very tasteful. He's got a family in there. Um, as he walks by, he gives, um, I think, his wife or maybe one of his kids a high five. Because this is clearly where the commercial turns. The reason why we don't have the, the, the work style of other countries is because we like our stuff and because right. we're hard-driven Americans. And let's be clear. He says other countries. He means Europe. Yeah. He sure as, sh- sure as shit doesn't mean like China. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Take a listen. We like that. Because we're crazy, driven, hard-working believers. That's why. Those other countries think we're nuts. Whatever. We're the Wright brothers insane. Bill Gates, Les Paul, Ali. I love that. He, not- yeah, no one else ever invented anything, just America. Right, right, exactly. And also Ali was thrown in there because they, they needed a black person. Because they needed I, a black guy. <laughs> I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think. That feels on. Bill Gates, Les right. Paul, Ali. Were we nuts when we pointed to the moon? That's right. We went up there. You know what we got? Bored. So we left. Got a car up there, left the keys in it. Do you know why? Because we're the only ones going back up there. That's why. Now, this whole time he's been walking through his house. The camera's been following him. Um, now he walks off screen for a second into a room. He's been wearing like kind of a casual rich guy outfit of like a polo shirt and shorts. He's going to walk into the room and immediately walk back out. Uh, and now he's going to be in a crisp, expensive suit. But I digress. It's pretty simple. You work hard, you create your own luck, and you gotta believe anything is possible. As for all the stuff, that's the upside of only taking two weeks off in August. Nespa? Uh, when he says Nespa, he winks. He winks. So you know he's extra he's smug. walking out. Also, can we just say this car is ugly as fuck? Well, like all Cadillacs. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing that it's, it's just so cocky yeah. and so ugly. It is ugly. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's the um, that's the appalling commercial. I don't know if there's anything more to say about it other than they knew what they were doing. They were they were that was a shot across the bow of the the millennial culture coming into the workspace and yep. trying to introduce ideas of maybe like rethinking our work life balance and right. not being on at all times. Exactly. Like it's I mean, it, it really does. It's meant to reassure the kind of people who buy Cadillacs that they should keep buying Cadillacs. Right. Now, you found this, Veeves. Again, this was all taking place in 2014. Uh, Ford made a direct response to this, yes, almost it, a shot-by-shot basically parody. Basically a shot-for-shot parody with a very different spokesperson, um, a young black woman, a millennial black woman. Um, and she's they, they have purposely mirrored all of the kinds of 
scenes that Neil McDonough is in, but she she begins by looking out across a similarly shaped body of water to his infinity pool, but it's a, uh, I think it's like a, sort of a trench on a farm. It's I want to say a trench on a farm, yeah, like an irrigation canal kind of. And here's what she has to say. Why do I work so hard? For what? Or is it is it a for garbage this? dump? No, for dirt? Other countries, they work. They stroll to the market and buy locally grown food. Locally. Why aren't we like that? Well, more and more of us are like that. Because we're crazy entrepreneurs trying to make the world better. Some people might think we're nuts. Whatever. Now, we should mention at one point, I, I don't think that was a dumpy. I think that was some sort of an agricultural oh, deal because then she turns she around into a greenhouse. and she walks into a greenhouse yeah. where there's somebody, you know, doing some hard work and she high fives that person. And now now she's walking through uh, looks like a, a little local cafe and she's going to explain what. Yeah, she you know, does. What I think the whole first scene where she's talking is a composting facility. Ah, That would make the most sense. Yeah. OK, here we go. Some people might think we're nuts. Whatever. Me? I collect food scraps from restaurants, manure from zoos, manure. Do you know why? <laughs> to keep this stuff out of landfills and use it to make good, rich dirt. That's why. Now she, now she's in her home, which is fine, but you know, a little bit more humble, um, not ostentatious. And now she, uh, she walks off into her bedroom. She's been wearing kind of some Carhartt, you know, style yeah, work clothes. clothes. Now she's gonna walk into her bedroom. Then she's gonna come out looking. She's also gonna be wearing like a modern suit. She looks fly as hell, right? Yep. That's why. Yeah. Look, it's pretty simple. You work hard. You believe that anything is possible and you try to make the world better. You try. As for helping the city grow good, green, healthy vegetables, that's the upside of giving a damn. Nespa. Oh man, you know, I always think that when one company, especially a direct competitor, has to make a parody commercial or uh, punch back at another company, yeah. you're already losing. Exactly. But I, Normally, that's true. I, think. I love this one, though. It's so it's such an fu. It's so spot on. It's such an fu. And if ever an fu was deserved, I mean, Cadillac was asking for a punch right in the eye. I hate that Cadillac commercial so yeah, much. Yeah. So good for you, Ford. I think um, so now. And that was for an electric Ford. Yeah, that was also a very, and the shots again at the end, she walks out into her driveway. The car is in the exact same position, just like um, the Cadillac commercial. She unplugs the plug-in electric and then gets in and then says Nespa. Um, Now, so that's what kind of set the tone for today's show. And again, we are looking for various commercials that just kind of talk about um, work ethic. I had a feeling, and I, I bet you, I mean, this is again, when you just kind of have a vague notion like this, it's kind of sometimes hard to find perfect examples of what you're talking about. I bet you there are so many that we're leaving on the table. And again, I'll mention to the ad council, if, if you see anything that fits or remember anything that fits into this category, send it to us because I'd, I'd love to continue talking about these. I just had a feeling that we, we could find a good one from the 80s, right? Because that is like that, that was definitely the decade yeah. of... I go, mean, go 80s, Reaganauts unite. Absolutely. I found this one from 1986, Piedmont Airlines. Do you know Piedmont Airlines? Of course. You yeah. do? Yeah, I remember Piedmont. Oh, I don't remember at all. I feel like when I grew up in Charlotte, and I spent my like my first uh, seven or eight years in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I could totally be wrong, but I feel like maybe Charlotte's airport was maybe like a Piedmont hub because I remember flying Piedmont a lot as a as a little kid. Oh, it's in uh, it's a Mar- it looks like it's um, it was headquartered in Maryland. I don't know if that's where. That's because it's easy to incorporate everything. In I Maryland. see. They operate for American Eagle and U.S. Airways Express. Yeah, so. look, Charlotte Douglas International Airport was one of its hubs. There you go. Okay, so that that would explain it. I had not heard of it. Um, here is a 1986 commercial for Piedmont Airlines. The American work ethic is when what you do isn't a job. That voice takes me back to my childhood so much. I don't know if this guy did um, movie trailers, too, or this voice sounds like maybe he did a lot of, like, TV movie trailers. I don't know, but this voice is very familiar to me. The American work ethic is when what you do isn't a job. It's a commitment. It's working by a standard, not by a clock. It's when the toughest standards are your own. The work ethic built a nation, and today it's building an airline. Last year, Piedmont gained passengers 10 times faster than the largest airline in the country, and our service record was ranked number one. The work ethic, it's alive and well at Piedmont Airlines. 
the work ethic is alive and well at Piedmont Airlines, Genevieve. Yes, it's very. I mean, a lot of like industry porn in that like all yeah. this black and white old black and white footage just of like men pressing yeah like press. mol- molten metal being poured into a mold yes. or whatever i'm surprised there I was love how not they're a like, drill press they're like we work according to you know we work to a standard not to a clock meanwhile they're showing a bunch of people who were almost certainly labor organized you know, yeah clearly i mean i think working laborers. on a line like that you very you are much for sure working it's to very shift oriented yes. work i believe even if you want to work past your shift you cannot right so. right 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 now you found this one i like this this is from 2013 do you so remember when this years uh, this well, made a big splash you know it seemed like it this was the 2013 super bowl so this would have been um the seahawks one right isn't I, this one the seahawks one um, which means we were not doing the show yet, um, and also I saw that I saw that Super Bowl in a busy, like kind of a crowded bar. So I, I don't I don't know if I do. I, I did this air. Did they have a shortened version of this that aired afterwards quite a bit? I don't remember if they made a shortened version that aired. I couldn't find one because this is a two minute commercial. Yeah. Um, I just remember it. It made a big uh, impact. It was one of those commercials that everyone was talking about the next day. It's almost like a. And this one would have come out first, I believe, but it, it reminds you a little bit of the um, Clint oh, Eastwood. Oh, the Halftime in America. Halftime in America. Yeah, it feels one, like there's, yeah. and that was, uh, that was also automakers. That was for a bunch of Detroit automakers. So you know, like, that one might have. It, pre- it was for like all the Chrysler companies. And you know what? I need to check my math. I think that one preceded it, this it one. It did. I looked it up. I okay. considered including it here, but I hate it so much. And it's not quite on the. It's not quite in the we uh, in the area that we're talking about here. That was more big reset or uh, yeah the 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 Great Recession. It was more about the Great Recession yeah. and like just sort of like America bouncing back economically. Yeah. So it was less about like work ethic. But you're right. This is very similar in tone and in Im- and in the desired impact. This is for Ram trucks. It's a two minute ad where we're just seeing um, images of like farming life, like pretty unvarnished. You know, like it's a mm-hmm. hard life, like the hard work that goes into farming. The audio that you're going to hear is uh, Paul Harvey, famous longtime radio broadcaster, a uh, staple of my childhood. I don't know oh, if, really? if, if your parents listened to it, but I grew up listening to a lot of Paul Harvey. I knew him as and a now, reference. for the rest of the story. I knew that, and I knew him as a reference, but I didn't actually hear a lot of his stuff, which is kind of funny because it's the type of stuff that I, I really like, and you would think that my family would like as well. Yeah, you could absolutely. It feels like a Midwestern thing. I think he was a Midwestern. Midwesterner, um, he gave this monologue uh, as a speech to the Future Farmers of America uh, convention in 1978, the year I was born. Um, and then it was repurposed here for this two-minute ad about uh, for Ram trucks. Yeah, and again, and uh, you know, I think the the audio does the heavy lifting here, so we'll just sit back and listen to all two minutes of it. I think it's worth it. Um, I will say the the imagery is really beautiful. Like you said, it's unvarnished and it's tough at times, but it's also very very beautifully shot. And they just really let Paul Harvey's words carry the whole thing. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay, wire, feed sacks, and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then pain in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners, somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake and disc and plow and plant and tie the fleece and strain the milk, somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh and then sigh, and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. 
So God made a farmer. Then it says to the farmer and all of us, do you think that there were a lot of dry eyes among those farmers when you read that? <laughs> I've seen a lot of comments on this. It, of course, generated a lot of discussion. And many farmers uh, have said, you know, wrote in to say how or commented to say how meaningful it was to them. It's very uh, stereotypical as far as far as who's represented in that. It's yeah. almost exclusively <laughs> it's a men. There's father one, and a son. There's one. I mean, you know, Paul, Even Har- the Paul, Harvey. Paul Harvey's words are what they are. And, you know, and he was, he made that speech in 78. Like it was a different time. So I'm not going to I'm sort of going to give Paul Harvey a pass on the uh, gender specificity of it. But what I found troubling about it was that it was almost, I think, possibly completely white farmers represented. That, and there yeah. are plenty of non-white farmers. I mean, like plenty. Yeah. You know, I thought early on we might have seen a Native American or possibly um, a Latinx farmer I, in a black and white photo. I could be wrong about that, but also very. I, did we? Did you say you saw any women in this or girls? There's one little girl oh, or okay, a, yeah. uh, someone who I think is a little girl. Yeah, so it's still very much like, yeah, like white male America. That's who they're selling trucks to, you know. Yeah. But no, I would expect yeah. that to be. I would. That was 2013. Yeah. So for those counting, that's a year before the one that we that launched. By 2013, show, I think Ram should have been would really more inclusive. Expect more, yeah. Yeah. Um, having said that, I really like that it's commercial. It's a great ad. I like, mean, it's a goddamn good. Commercial. The quality of it is un- un- undeniable. Absolutely. Hey, you want you want to hear a bad ad? Hey, sure. V, yes. Want to hear would, a bad ad? I would like to hear a bad ad. I would like to ask you what work ethic has to do with the mission of the NRA, but I'm the one who's already watched this commercial, and I still don't have an answer for you. Okay. For some reason, this commercial for the NRA, which, by the way, can I get a year on this thing? Not this one, because they're bankrupt as yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's not this year. What if this was they spent too much on this commercial? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say this is sometime in the past 10 years. This is for the National Rifle Association. It's called Work Ethic. And uh, there is a woman, and she's talking directly to us. Um, she is a white woman, for whatever that's worth, while we're talking about race. Um, the imagery that we see are just some weird stock footage of, like, kind of busy cities and, and kind of time-lapse photography. It really doesn't make it doesn't really connect to the message at all. And really what it's this just is... just everything that you can protect with a gun. It just, it has nothing to do with guns. <laughs> all it is is about like our children are getting soft because right. all we do is worship celebrity in American culture. That has nothing to do with the mission statement of the NRA. It's just that the NRA stopped being about guns and just being about culture and owning the libs. And there's a line in here. I mean, I should, I should air the commercial before I react to it, but it's just like astounding to me because this woman makes this claim that like these days kids can only name celebrities and actors but they can't name any um any hard workers or philanthropists i'm like what like back when america was great again like were kids naming like rockefeller like who are the philanthropists that kids used to worship what the hell are you talking yeah, about what are you talking about no, and also everybody it? can name a bunch of like a couple of big philanthropists yes i mean and i do think that kids would know who bill gates is and that those are the people who are the philanthropists yeah. like just take a listen to this ridiculousness and do you still view. believe hard work is its own reward because we live in a society that values leisure above everything. Our most valued citizens are entertainers, celebrities, discovered, packaged, sold and forgotten, one after the other. School kids can name a hundred of them for every philanthropist, small business owner, scientist, or soldier. So a hundred <laughs> to one is the ratio there. So she is claiming that yeah. a kid can name 100 celebrities from i guess presumably hollywood yeah, for every soldier that they for could every name. soldier that they could name <laughs> no i mean group together soldier philanthropist a hard worker yes it's uh, these claims these, are just astounding and they're just showing when they're not showing her stupid face they're just showing these time-lapse photos but about they, this is bad when they start talking about celebrity culture they just show like kind of a busy um, city street with you know again it's time lapse so cars look like they're zipping by at night and the one thing you see is a big billboard for the for the Broadway show Wicked. <laughs> Obviously, did you see that? Yes, it's I just did. such a weird thing. Like, okay, just keep. We're not even a halfway like, there. Like honestly, the message here 
which is awful, is one of the least bad things about this. It's Everything, like her ability to look at the camera and deliver a line is pretty subpar. It's, um, yeah, they, this definitely, this is not the commercial that broke the NRA bank. I'll tell you that much. You, I guess you have to get somebody bad for this because otherwise you risk getting someone who's good at talking to cameras like a fucking celebrity. <laughs> Kids can name a hundred of them for every philanthropist, small business owner, scientist, or soldier. A thousand for every average parent on an assembly line or a construction site. What does it mean for our country? Wait, are there a lot of kids out there who can name a thousand can name a celebrities, thousand celebrities, not cartoons? I like the math in this ad. Yeah. I know she did. This she is like specifically a really, this is like said, an SAT problem. This is construction site. What does it mean for our country when entertainment seems more valuable than anything else? But there are still hundreds of millions of Americans. By the way, do you know where you see the most guns? Yeah, in, in movies. The movie. You know what I just realized? This uh, I don't I don't know I don't have the date here. This a hundred percent came out during the Obama administration because that was weirdly yeah. some argument they that they were just how, like, how oh, he was, he was a celebrity. Yeah. yeah, he was so flashy with his dad jeans. Yeah. And, his, and his kids and like, his and his TV game show that he hosted. Oh wait, right. Although I do hear he has a ridiculous podcast with the boss now, but whatever. He's, He's an president. ex-president. He can do it. Yeah. Anyway, hundreds of millions of Americans working as hard as ever. Good guys who don't seek the spotlight, Good guys. but deserve it. And for the future of our country, we should demand it. Wait, hold on. What are you demanding? Wait, I need to go back. What is she demanding? She wants kids to be able to name more soldiers and farmers. <laughs> Wait, is that what this and is about? assembly line workers. <laughs> the NRA. It's their highest value to be able to name an assembly line worker. The NRA Name a Scientist program. Get right. your kid to name a scientist. You guys don't even believe in science. Millions of Americans. Okay, no, for real. I'm going I'm to go back. I want to hear what is she demanding. Let's listen. Millions of Americans working as hard as ever. Good guys who don't seek the spotlight but deserve it. And for the future of our country, we should demand it. Demand what? We are the five million men and women of the National Rifle Association of America. A voice for those hard at work. Join us today. I think she just wants what kids to be able want? to name assembly line workers. Stop naming celebrities <laughs> and start naming soldiers. Yeah, I wish these kids would stop knowing. That's what she's demanding? Name. That was written. Uh, sometimes I think... Sometimes I think the people who run the NRA are not the smartest people. Or the most uh, earnest in what they really care about. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just so many dog whistles in there. Are they even dog whistles or are they just like it's hard yelling to, for your It's hard to dog? call it a dog whistle when yeah. everyone can hear it. Yeah. Oh, Veeves, I vaguely remember this one, but I could not find any commercials for it anywhere. It has it been scrubbed. It truly has been scrubbed. Dairy Queen. Let's see here. Can I actually get you a date on this? Back in 2018, Dairy Queen made a commercial, actually a series of commercials where in various humorous ways, kids were kind of quote unquote guilting parents for working too much. You'll hear a little clip of it here. I have a news story from from your Atlanta TV 11. Generally. Oh, yeah. That's the NBC station. Um, uh, it's, it starts off this piece starts off so clunky um but like you'll hear like a chorus of kids and they're like outside you know they're all wearing like kind of chorus uniforms and um uniforms i don't know outfits costumes costumes <laughs> um More, and, robes and they're singing yeah robes and they're singing like kind of to their parents like to stop working so much because they want their parents to take them to Dairy Queen. Like, oh. stop, stop, being, like stop a, being so obsessed with seems work. seems like an okay message to me. So much backlash for this commercial that they Im- immediately got pulled and scrubbed because all these parents were were upset with um, the message that working hard... No one's going to tell me to take more time off, yeah, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. Look, Dairy Queen is in hot fudge or water this morning for an ad-shaming oh, working Atlanta parents. 11. Take a look. Are you working? Are you working? Mom and Dad, of course you are. Summer times are calling, lizard trees are calling, but you're gone, always gone. Okay, so the ad goes on to suggest parents skip work to take their kids to Dairy Queen. The company says it meant for parents to put down their smartphones and treat their kids. But Liza Lucas, a lot of people are talking about this. I know you're at the 11 Alive Bridge, and parents are actually upset. Okay, so this is pretty fun. This is the part of the journalism sure. where they just spend this, three minutes reading tweets. Right, this is... <laughs> I'm not joking. 
which is very normal now. Yes, a lot of backlash online from some of those parents who are using Twitter and social media to speak out. We want to know how you feel this morning. Did Dairy Queen go too far? Head over to 11alive.com slash vote to weigh in and we'll gauge your reactions following that. I believe that poll is now closed. Oh, too bad. Sorry, Ed Council. Poll in the meantime, Liz, she says, well, I think this ad agency needs more working mothers. You can bet Dairy Queen... You can bet, Dairy Queen, that when I do take my kid for a treat after work, it won't be to DQ. And Dr. Tina also chiming in saying, I'm out, DQ. That was insulting. Hashtag working parents, no common sense. Jeannie saying, really? DQ is attempting to play on working mom guilt? Those ads are incredibly tone deaf right there. And, it says, and she's skipping. It says something right up there with Flotus for some right, reason. Right up there with Flotus's jacket. Oh, So wow. that would be, um, that would have been Melania's. Yeah, uh, what did it say? She, uh, I don't really care, do you? Do you? But she was going into a disaster area, wasn't yes. she? A place that was ravaged by a yes. storm, I think? Yeah, so clearly uh, 11 Alive trying to dodge any sort of... Uh, Stepping in it with the Trump administration here. They now have this roundtable. That's as far as I got in my prep. I don't think I can. Wow, keep they really watching gave this. a lot of no. Time but to this, this is story. a three and a half minute piece. They have. Uh, they then go to a roundtable. The it's woman who very was anchoring. Slow yeah, no Atlanta. kidding. <laughs> um, although I gotta say. Amazing style on the on the anchor, the woman who introduced the story and then leads this yeah, roundtable. Uh, really cool dress and some really cool earrings. Um, but yeah, so they went deep on that story after reading the tweet. So I really wish I had more audio for it. But that is dead nuts to what we're trying to talk about here about like this this war in America over work ethic and yes. how it's playing out in TV commercials. And if you dare to suggest that someone should take more time off, you're the jerk. Yeah. You're exactly. the asshole. Right, right. Um, okay, so this one, let's lighten things up a little bit here. I found this, this one. <laughs> yes, you found some good ones. This is for Bud Light. And again, I'm sorry, I don't have a year on this. I'm pretty sure it's this one because it's it's relevant to COVID. Oh, you know, what is the COVID tie-in? It's coming back to the office. It's coming back to the office. Okay, so we see um, kind of a, a young man, right? Like a young yeah. white man in the office. Is the, in the office is kind of dark. Is that just a stylistic choice or does that have to do with the fact that like this is kind of after hours or like we're bit, just coming back? It's late in the day. So, this, okay. so we, have our, we have our hero here. He's sitting at his desk. His boss says to him like I'm sort of I'm leaving you in charge and this is all about people who are now coming back to the office after working from home for all these months mm -hmm. um, and so he sort of gives the boss like a thumbs up like yeah I'm, I'm in charge but then he's got um, he's got a little surprise up his sleeve yeah so it's, and it, it goes by pretty quickly as soon as the boss turns his back our young man stands up quickly and starts running towards this big stack of, of folders, yeah. right, where all the work is kept. But That's then, where all the work is but kept. But then we also see some of his other colleagues kind of making a mad dash for those same folders yeah. first, right? And but you think like, oh, they're really yeah. so hot to trot on getting these folders dealt with. But then he gets there first. But let's start with the, uh, let's start from the beginning here. Figure it out, Shankman. See you on Monday. Hey, boss. I believe in you. When a Bud Light legend is finally summoned back to the office. Okay, so he's, everybody's running towards the stack of folders here. He lifts the top of the stack Cold of folders off. And it turns out... It's a secret cooler. It's a secret cooler. It's not a bunch of folders at all. It's filled with Bud Light and the Bud Light seltzer. Cold ones will remain firmly top of the agenda. He is the hero. Bud Light Legends. It's time to take summer by the coolers. I, I'm maybe I'm wrong that other people are running for the cooler as well. I kind of can't tell or if it's he, well, they're gathering around. They're gathering around it. Yeah, so he is left in charge. The boss turns his back, and what he's going to do? He's left is, to like figure out some work problem. Yeah, which exactly. I'm like, I applaud your commitment to partying, but you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> you are. Well, you know what though? Maybe you can have a Bud Light seltzer and still get some work done. What do yeah, you say? Yeah, it's possible. I've known a a certain. Um, podcast co-host who enjoys herself a seltzer while doing the podcast i've had a seltzer while I'm doing the podcast. i've had a i've had an alcoholic beverage occasionally that's what you i know, meant during the i just meant during my uh, work day even you have it's been known to happen Isn't your boss listen to the show <laughs> he's served like, me yeah, one we need your income um <laughs> i'm never gonna be able to afford a motorcycle um all right so uh, you know, those are the those are the heavy hitters. The, those are the ones that I really like. I will play this one from Indeed. Um, of course, 
Indeed is a, you know, it's a, a website that helps you. It's a staffing service, right? And, yeah. And a, and a job, job seeking service. service. Um, so these commercials are going to be, be very much about culture. This one is called Work is Changing. So work is changing. We're told the robots are coming for our jobs. That the algorithms will replace us. That was the but we are resilient. Born to adapt. Wired to learn. Sure, change is coming. But we will find opportunity. Search for greatness. Search indeed. That was a pretty good commercial. Uh, yeah, I like that. You know, it doesn't have to be like... Back in my day, we, you know, like the thing that the, like the NRA and Cadillac were. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be reactionary. I think that's great. And I do think that um, it must be an interesting business to be in right now. Like if you are LinkedIn or if you are um, Indeed or what's the one that's, uh, we, they did a Super Bowl ad for like getting people back to work. All these, you know, all these jobs. Oh, yeah, nine to five one. That was perfect as to what we were talking about. No, on the I, show I, today. Meant, I mean the one where like the, it was very, it was just like a sad. It was like a moving song where it talked about all the people. Oh, like we, yeah. We helped find jobs for the yeah. motivated, for yeah. the, um, you know, for the whatever, for all the people who need jobs. Yep. Um, you know, for these services and types of kind companies that deal in the recruitment space, um. The working world is changing so rapidly. Like, it must be an interesting uh, business to be in. We have a good friend who's a recruiter. Um, and, I, you know, her her job is really tough because, for one thing, right now, there, for certain kinds of jobs, there is a lot of jobs out there and not enough people to fill them. And then for other types of jobs, because the working world is changing so rapidly, it is leaving some whole segments of the work of the workforce behind. Mm -hmm. So just because you have 50 people who need a job and 50 jobs that need to be filled, you may not have 50 people who get jobs. Yeah, exactly. Um, Though, while you mentioned the Super Bowl, that did remind me that nine to five, this commercial was for um, Squarespace. And this was like, this is dead nuts what we're talking about here. I just don't know if it's worth playing again because I think it's mostly just the song nine to five by Dolly Parton. Um, Well, rewritten for this Oh, they do change the lyrics. Okay, then I will play it again because you see a bunch of people in some sort of like, you know, modern, somewhat uh, dreary uh, office space situation. And then as soon as the clock hits five o'clock, they open up their laptops and they start like posting things that are based on their own personal businesses, the websites that they've created to, um, you know, sell things when they get off the clock at five o'clock. That's when their life really begins. And it's part of we talked a little bit about there was a little bit of backlash to this or at least, you know, somebody had a hot take on it being like kind of an unfortunate view of the world where if you want to succeed you have to have a day job and a side hustle right which that was a slate piece and that's so slaty like I, i didn't agree with it then i don't agree with it now i think that i thought the point of this commercial is also try to make that thing that you do from five to nine the thing that you do from nine to five i really felt like they misinterpreted it just for the sake of filling space that's possible that is definitely sort of slate's you know mo but and we are slate plus members so we have the right to say that we have the right to say it um I think that's true of this ad that that, that that's a unfor- that's not a fair criticism of this particular ad, but it is a fair criticism of the working world in general and of the gig and econ- gig economy in yeah. general. No, like, no, I agree. We with know that. people who, yeah, like have to just put it together by just never sort of being off the clock. Yeah, take a listen to this. They're in this office. It switches nine to five to five to nine because these are the hours where you can do your own stuff. Working five to nine, you've got passion and a vision, cause it's hustling time, a whole new way to make a living, gonna change So now it becomes a dance number in the office that was all dreary and gray before, now everybody's wearing very brightly colored outfits and they're doing their artistic projects that, would, that are all bright and poppy. Working, 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 working five to nine. I 
know if we need to keep going. It says make five to nine your full time. So again, I, I think that the whole point is get off this dreary train and um, and try to take what you love and make that your main gig. Right. If you can. Squarespace is going to help you do that. Um, another commercial from Indeed here, the um, you know the job finding site. This one I feel like we've talked about before, Genevieve, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this one really spoke to you. This, I think, again, talks about the modern workforce in a pretty good way because it's advertising themselves as a job finding site for people who need to get a job that can be flexible enough because they might be single parents or a right. single mom or somebody who's like who is you know maybe a victim of the gig economy and they're trying to piece everything together so you only have like five hours a day from midnight to five to do a job take a listen says on the screen we help oh this is the ad i was talking about oh, okay the ones trying to do it all get jobs we see a a guy feeding his child while looking for jobs. We help the ones looking for a change get jobs. Just know it always starts with the spark. A light in the dark. Looking at the flexibility of jobs, you can sort by flexibility. Yeah, Indeed has a, I think, has a great uh, sort of brand that they're building around uh, not just that they are not just helping you get a job, but that the job is something that is um, specific and unique to you and that it um, advances. It's not just a paycheck, for example, that it's a career or something that you care about or it's mission driven. I mean, for for the longest time, that was kind of Indeed's thing was like you would go there for jobs for like nonprofits or the public sector, or like jobs that had a more of a, a mission component to them. And I see that I feel like that's very much in keeping with their brand to have it also be about like the worker and the worker's needs. And that commercial was very, um, it was shot in a very intimate way, yeah. right? Like this lighting is very soft and dark. And again, people like people are trying to squeeze their job search in at late hours while they're feeding their kids. There's a closeness to it that also I think implies it's almost the polar opposite, like as far as a photography standpoint than the Cadillac one, which was big, wide open, bright space yeah. wealth, yeah. whereas this is closer, literally darker, yep. and um, and indicating that these are not people who are rich. Yep. You know. Um, let's see here. I'm going to skip around a little bit here. Oh, you had this one, the Benjamin Moore. I kind of like this. This was a another kind of COVID era commercial, right? This was a COVID era commercial. This was about... Um, this is from Benjamin Moore, which makes paint, obviously. Um, but it was speaking to homeowners and the kinds of people who would hire a painter to come in and do do an inside paint job, right? <laughs> if you will. <laughs> it's an inside paint job. Um, to hire people to come in, hire painters to come in and paint your house. Um, but, of course, when COVID hit, a lot of that work, and it's it's all these, like, knock-on economic effects of the, of the pandemic that I th think are so interesting. When the pandemic hit, of course, people stopped bringing contractors into their home because of safety. Um, and people also, uh, well, I was going to say started undertaking a lot of that work themselves, which that would be fine from Benjamin Moore's perspective because you're still buying paint. You're mm -hmm. just using it yourself. But this is kind of aimed at reminding people, kind of like that, I forget which alcohol brand it was but did like a take care of your bartenders ad like while bartenders are out of oh, work yeah. take care of your bartenders and that, yeah. um this is very much in the same vein of like find ways to hire painters you can hire them for outside work mm -hmm. um so it's all about which ultimately you know they want to sell more paint i know i think this is really interesting from that angle the fact that it is they're trying to do a good you know, they're trying to wrap themselves in a good news message here, right? Or, right. or like a, a charitable message of, you know, help help these painters. They mm -hmm. need your help right now. Um, but also, yeah, maybe people are painting their own houses indoors and Benjamin Moore is already selling that paint. Maybe they're painting their, their bedrooms or whatever. But, you know, painting the outside of your house, that's a hell of a, that's a lot more paint. Let's just put it that it's way. More paint. It, it is a huge job, yes. right? And people are going to be less likely to do that themselves. So, you know, I, I, it is somewhat cynical, or maybe I'm being somewhat cynical about it, but I also just think it's a really clever marketing ploy to say, you know, help these people. And also, by the way, you're going to be buying Benjamin Moore paint. For generations, Benjamin Moore has been supporting small business owners, people that are struggling right now 
including the painters we welcome into our homes. So while you're inside, if you can, hire a painter to do some work outside. Let's keep these hard workers working. And let's keep them buying paint. The sound design on this is so great it is so evocative when they Very have asmr this, yes they have this one they i'm going to go back to it they say the people that we the painters we invite into our homes and you see this shot of painters using a um using a, a paint roller and the sound of the paint roller which you don't really think about that sound but as soon as you hear it you're like yes that that sticky sound of the paint roller yeah. rolling on the paint i when i heard that Vives. I could smell the fresh paint. Including the painters we welcome into our homes. I don't know if you could hear it underneath him talking there, but um, I really like that commercial. I like the approach, and I really like what they do with it. Also, in the scraping paint later, uh, very asmr on that, too. Very, yes. All right. Um, Amazon has a lot. I mean, these are especially galling um, because Amazon is so terrible to its warehouse workforce. I mean, just, I mean, the New York Times has has done so many in-depth stories and investigations about how the reality of what Amazon does to its workers. It is a goddamn nightmare. And Amazon knows that. And they also have obviously the deepest pockets in the world. So they have a whole bunch of commercials that have been running for the past several years that are just like, meet our employees and look how happy they are. Yeah. So they have meet a bunch of different people. And you probably see them. I've seen these. um, I've seen a lot of these, you know, in the wild. And it's always a different Amazon worker who works usually in the fulfillment center or in the fleet of drivers. Occasionally, it'll be somebody who is a more white collar worker, but always someone who is associated with the mm-hmm. fulfillment mm-hmm. Uh, process. Um, in other words, it's not like the marketing manager, like sitting in a office in South Lake Union, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people who have their hands on the fulfillment piece because what they want you to remember is that the, the like it's you you want your oven mitt that you ordered to be delivered in 24 hours mm-hmm. or less and this is how that happens uh, we just ordered an oven mitt <laughs> I thought of it. um but like so they have all these meet jane meet oscar meet you know uh belinda so this is meet oscar and this one they all kind of touch on the idea of a work ethic but it's often very much a it that part's implied that they love doing this hard work for amazon and then each commercial kind of addresses very clearly some specific criticism that's been leveled at Amazon, and particularly this criticism that they were not keeping their workers safe in the warehouses during COVID. My name is Oscar, and I deliver packages for Amazon. I drive my van five days a week. I'm the only one touching the van, but I'm still gonna take the time to wipe everything down, I recently took a break because my girlfriend and I just had a baby. In the middle of this pandemic, you know, having a kid, it was something different. When I came back, Amazon completely changed. There you go, sir. That's all you. Thank you. Recovering the van was different. Coming into the station and loading was different. If anything, they took it overboard on the safety, and that's what I love. If anything, Amazon is too safe. It's funny to say I'm essential. We're all working towards a common goal. Just like Amazon says, deliver smiles, and honestly, I believe I do. God bless America. Do you think if you are, I assume these are real workers, although maybe I'm very No, naive I bet to you that, that they are because they, Amazon has, they identify and tap certain workers who also, they'll, they'll amplify on social media when and they, who, will, who will push back on bust, the labor complaints. Yeah. I don't know if they'll union bus. I don't know that I don't want to, that's not what I'm implying, but they have like when there's something, when somebody will make a complaint on social media, somebody will come in and say, I work for Amazon and I work as this person in the factory right. or in the warehouse. And this is, but there's specific people who have been media trained yes. who are real workers, but have been media trained and selected by Amazon to be their online little birds. Yeah. You think these are, do you think these folks are popular on the line? <laughs> the way, what, you think they're getting shivved, Vives? 
I don't know. <laughs> hey, um, Middle, a lot of things could happen in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> I the came, screws can't be watching all the time. I came across a uh, a couple of commercials that I wanted to share with you that are not related to our theme. One of them I didn't save because I thought, oh, that's too much of a stress, and now I'm there's too much of a stretch, and now I'm mad that I, I, I'm looking for it on the fly and I can't find it. But I was like doing searches for like not working, so I was trying to find some other like commercials that were like encouraging people to have more of a work life balance or stop working so much, and I found a commercial where some guy his truck stops working and he pops open the hood and there's like weird like human horse creatures in there but they're more human than a horse and it's where he's like horsepower and they and the horses start harassing the truck driver and they're saying we'll we'll start working again if you sing the song and do the dance and he has to start singing the song and doing the dance to get the horses to work again and then somebody in in a mitsubishi truck pulls up and he's like you know this guy's embarrassed because he's been caught doing a silly dance on the side of the road to these imaginary horses under his hood. I'll look for it next week. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway. It sounds confusing. It was a very confusing, weird commercial. <laughs> um, and now I can't find it on the fly. But um, I did find a FedEx commercial. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It does take place in the workplace. Um, but the reason... Did you already see the notes why I put this in here? Now I'm looking at them, yes. Um, okay, yeah. So this has one of our favorite actors in it. And we did a whole... Did we not one do the, a whole show or a segment on Malcolm Barrett? I think we did yeah um he we know him as one of the scientists mustache mustache and glasses glasses from uh from uh better off ted which is a show that lasted one season maybe two. two seasons um just watch it you will like it if you find it on whatever streaming service i promise you you will like it it's a fun light work show uh with portia de rossi um but in but anyway i was just scrolling through these commercials and i saw that he has a small role in this fedex commercial there are about three or four employees they're in working together in some sort of open office atmosphere gathered around a table or a desk and then the boss comes in and the boss is holding a fedex envelope and i think I think the audio will do the rest of the work here. Guys, you're not going to believe this. Watch this. Sam always gives you the good news in person, bad news in email. Good news. FedEx has flat rate shipping. It's called FedEx One Rate, and it's affordable. Yeah. That's great. Okay, now he's given him the good news. Now we see he's still standing, the bosses or the coworker, and now he starts typing on the phone, and he is sending them the bad news via email. And we have to work the weekend. Great. More good news. It's Friday. Woo! Ship a pack via FedEx Express. That's our boy, though, right? Yes, that's our boy. Yeah. They need to give him more to do. You mean more commercials or more like more non-commercial work? More, I mean more everything, but he didn't even get enough to do in that commercial. No, I agree. Opinion. I agree. Um, all right. That's all I got. How you feeling, Vives? Have I we done feel, enough work? I feel like we've done enough work. We need to get some uh, work-life balance. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Last week on this very podcast, we were talking about commercials that try to... (laughs) Commercials for products that try to get kids to do things they don't want to do, like clean their room or put their laundry in the hamper, brush their teeth, or take a shower. And I believe you questioned, Genevieve, how much of a problem is that? Is it really that much of a problem to get kids to take a shower? Especially over a certain age. I understand it it can be a a hassle to get a little kid to take a bath or a shower. There was a product called Shower Wow because you have a shower now, and that's boring. <laughs> but shower, wow, is a shower head that um, has a bunch of uh, colored lights that come out of it when you uh, when you turn it on. And um, anyway, you had said, do kids really not like taking showers? Jennifer says, my teenage son gives the mightiest of sighs and rolls his eyes so hard when he's told to hit the showers. It's exasperating. Did I say that right? Yep. Yes, I did. We got a water, we got a waterproof Bluetooth speaker, which has helped. But holy cow! Yes, it's been hard to get him to take shower for the past four plus years. I saw Jennifer and the, mentioned. And teenage a, boys are the stinkiest. That's what Jennifer the mentioned in, in another comment that I don't have here. That I believe he's in marching band or son, and gross. he'll come into the car. She says the smell will hit her like a wall. And you won't want to take a shower. Angela similarly says, I have a 12-year-old who fights about taking a shower after football practice. After football. 
football practice. Yes, it's five nights a week. Yes, you still need to shower. Serenity now, Angela says. Oh, my God. You parents, I do not know how you do it. And Brian says, I have the opposite problem. My son would take an hour-long shower if we let him. There's that always was, a little Andrew out there. Yeah, I. Uh, my parents had to institute like an egg timer rule with yeah. me, which I just kept on resetting anyway. Like. I used to read Reader's Digest in the shower, like they would get soaking wet. <laughs> uh, you know this, right? I didn't know about this Reader's Digest. So our, my dad and I had a bathroom that was kind of in the lower part of the house, not quite the basement, but it was just like, you know, a pretty un, very unfancy um, bathroom, right? And like the, the shower stall was one that would always... It would always get kind of moldy, and I'd have to, like, go in there with Tylex and scrub it. It was just like – it was kind of like the, the jankier bathroom, and it just had a shower curtain, and it was a small shower stall. And um, around the same time, my grandmother had given us a whole bunch of old Reader's Digest from the 1960s and 1970s. And this is during an era when humor and uniform was a solid two pages, Genevieve. Like, the joke <laughs> sections were solid back then, as were the dramas in real life. <laughs> I still get Reader's Digest to this day, and I got to say, it's just a – I enjoy it, but it's a it's a pale comparison to what it was back in the day, especially the humor sections. And yeah, I would – it's really fallen off. I had a um, – I had a uh, whole stack of them in the bathroom and I would open them up and uh, I, what I would do is my move was to stick my hand holding the magazine just outside the shower, trying, trying to protect it with the shower Were you curtain. wearing your glasses? No. I mean, I didn't need glasses then, but my glasses, um, especially then, were for far away. Oh, okay. I'm nearsighted. Now I'm just blind, but back then I was nearsighted. So um, I would, uh, I would, yeah, I would, and, and the magazines, of course, would even with the shower curtain trying to protect them, they would get really wet and wrinkled and swollen, um, and uh, and that's what I did. And the embarrassing thing, and I don't know if we really need to take it here, is I got away with this for a really long time. I just loved being in the shower reading Reader's Digest. <laughs> um but then there's this very embarrassing story about how I tried to run away from home right. in fourth grade. Oh, so this is coincidental with all that time? This is around that time. Okay. I'm a kid. I'm a grade school kid. And then in fourth grade, I ran away from home. It was pretty upsetting for everybody involved. <laughs> um, I ended up coming home later that night. Obviously, the parents were freaking out. Everybody was freaking out. My house was full of strangers and I think the the sheriff we grew up in the country or you know some sheriff's deputy or something. Um, I come home. I'm very shame-faced I know I have to like talk to everybody and and set everything straight but my dad says just go downstairs and take a shower get yourself together and then come upstairs Genevieve I'm I didn't want to leave the bathroom so I'm down there and I'm reading my reader's digest in the shower because I don't want to face what is upstairs for me it's a very traumatic moment yeah and my dad catches me like I of all days to be caught reading reader's digest in the shower it was the day that <laughs> I was supposed to take a quick shower and come upstairs and I don't know how long I was down there but I can imagine oh that I God. probably like my parents are probably flipping out they knew I ran away they you know they probably spent I don't know three hours not knowing where I was if I was hurt or if I was coming home or whatever, I'm finally come home. There's chaos and it's like a Wednesday or something. It's not even, not even a Friday. It's not even a weekend. I don't think. And, um, then they say, okay, we'll go downstairs and take a shower and then come up and we'll talk. And they're probably like waiting yeah, right. and waiting and waiting. <laughs> we meant today. And then my dad comes in and that's the day. And he's like, you're reading. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell him that I do that all the time. Anyway, Sad story. Uh, we got a voicemail from listener Brian. Um, do you remember the hamper hoops commercial we of played course. last week? Again, this is kind of like, parents, are you sick of your kids not putting their laundry in the hamper? What has kids racing to pick up their dirty laundry off the floor? What's turned a boring chore into tons of fun for everyone? It's hamper hoops. Indeed it is. It is hamper hoops. And Brian has something to say. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. I'm uh, about halfway through episode 302. I swear that's Jason Manzoukas doing the voice on the Hamper Hoops commercial. I had to look it up on YouTube. I've listened to it like six or seven times. <laughs> I can't find any proof on the Internet, so perhaps I'm imagining things. But that sounds an awful lot like the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Good Place, Derek, Derek, Derek. Okay, anyways, my brain was itching. I had to share um, thanks for the show. Enjoyed a lot. Have right, a good day. Let me hear it again. Um, now we're pretty obsessed with Jason Manzukis in this house, are, so we know the voice big pretty time well. Jason Manzukis fandom here. Um, so, but let's hear a little bit of him in the TV show The Good Place, where he plays an interdimensional character 
called Derek, yeah. who lives in a void and is broken in his brain. Jason, 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 Jason. Jason, 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 don't be jealous. I love you now, and we are going to spend every second together. No, 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 you are not, Janet. No one can know about. I'm so sorry. What's your name again? Derek Hostetler. If anybody finds out about him, we are doomed. He has to stay in your void. It's our void now. We moved in together. What? Can you believe it? I got my own hanger for my jumpsuit. Really? I mean, that's that's so fast. Well, when you know, you know. And we know literally everything. We are so in sync. We're finishing each other. Derek! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you want to hear that commercial again. Listen, Brian, I'm sorry. This is definitely not Jason Manzoukas. You can hear, you can hear the parts where it's not him, but... You're you're not off your rocker. Like I I I hear what you're hearing. There is a manzukasness to this voice. What has kids racing to pick up their dirty laundry off the floor? What's turned a boring chore into tons of fun for everyone? It- that everyone belies the manzukas. Yeah, not everyone. But, it, but I, can I hear totally it hear why you might think that. It's hamper hoops. All-Star Basketball Hoop also, and Hamper by Whammo. I just have to say, if Jason Manzoukas had done the voiceover for oh, Hamper Hoops, know. he would have talked about it on Comedy Bang Bang, I mean, a lot. Yes. Um, by he, the way, would be, he would really enjoy talking oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. He would talk about it on all of his podcasts. Yeah, would, he, I, I listened to his How did that podcasts. commercial get made? It would be, yes, we yeah. would for sure know about his Hamper Hoops work. Um, by the way, just because I have this up, this is a third scene. I guess a second scene from The Good Place. This video I have has three scenes. I played the second one. And just because I think Derek's funny, I'm going to play more, okay? This is a different scene here. I'll show you. Janet. Hi there. Hey there. Who the fork is that? Derek Hofstetler, P.I. <laughs> Derek is my rebound guy. I made him. Oh. Did you do that because um, of what I said? Yes, because of what you said. Janet. So, thank you, Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor. You know... You seem so sad. Do you want me to make you a boyfriend, too? Ooh, I could have a brother? Yes. Based on your last 10,000 comments, it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin's head on Sahani's body. Or vice versa. She's not going to make you anything. Janet, that'll be all. Okay, goodbye. Say goodbye, Derek. Ah, good Bob. I hope we same place again very now. <laughs> His brain is wrong. <laughs> good Bob. Oh, that my God, I love it. was so great. It is such a gem. Okay, one more little thing from the Ad Council here before we get out of here. This was uh, posted by listener Linda to our Facebook page. Uh, She says, this is a regional Southern California company back in the day. I came across it, and just by seeing the post, I remember the words to this jingle. It's for Dr. Ross's Dog Food. This is a great song. Get him Dr. Ross dog food, do him a favor. It's got more meat and it's got more flavor. Got more meat to make him feel the way he should. Dr. Ross dog food is doggone good. Final nose bend. Final nose bend. Yes, Dr. Ross dog food has more meat, more flavors. Four tempting flavors meat, liver, chicken, and cheese. Wait. Meat, liver, chicken, and cheese. So it's got meat flavor. Liver Don't flavor. sleep on meat flavor, first <laughs> no, of all. Meat flavor is great. Yeah. Liver flavor. Okay, uh-huh. that's pretty specific. Chicken flavor. That's meat. Um, that's a different kind of meat. Uh, and cheese. cheese flavor. Cheese for flavored your dog. dogs famously uh, should eat a lot of cheese. Keeps appetites sharp. Provides insurance against malnutrition and loss of energy. Just like human beings, dogs want food with more flavor. Feed your dog the Dr. Ross variety diet with meat, liver, chicken, and cheese flavors. All four flavors have more lean red meat with just the right amount of fresh Even garden vegetables and especially and selected cereals. Cheese. You just can't buy a better dog food. Buy it, try it. The Dr. Ross variety diet. Here's what I like about this commercial. When the dog starts singing, you know it's supposed to be a dog. Yeah. There's this commercial on the radio that's airing now during Mariners games um, I think it's for Les Schwab Tire Center. And the guy's voice who's doing the dog, I had to hear the commercial like 100 times. Not 100. I'm not, I'm not Derek. I had to hear it like <laughs> 12 times before I realized, oh, you're a dog. I mean, there's some hints in there. They, the dog says something about like wanting treats. So, okay, I guess you're not a, a regular human man. But also like there's some line in, in this commercial I'm thinking of where they say something like, protecting my family is my number one, like, 
my number one responsibility. Like, I mean, I guess there are some watchdogs, but I don't think most dogs. That's not what we really th- I think. Dogs are yeah, generally kind of well, I mean, selfish. Dog, dogs have gotten soft. Yeah. These millennial exactly. dogs don't want to protect their family. They have no work ethic. But you want to know how to do a dog voice and let me know it's a dog? It's got more meat and it's got more flavor. It's got more meat to make him feel the way he should. Dr. Ross, dog food is doggone good. Wolf. Anyway, that's delightful. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, it is definitely a catchy jingle. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, let's leave it there for today, everybody. You can email us after these messages show at gmail.com. But it's so much easier to let your fingers do the walking. Yeah. Talk. I mean, if I yeah. mean. Let your fingers do the walking if you still use the yellow pages, I guess. But you don't need the yellow pages. We're not in the yellow pages. Call 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Genevieve, we should put an ad in the yellow pages. That would be pretty awesome. Is that something that can be done? Probably. It's probably more affordable now than ever. (laughs) Wouldn't that be really cool if it was just like, after these messages, the podcast about commercials, call us. Yeah, once you're in the phone book, you know, that's how how people really get noticed. I want to look into it. Uh, Look into it. How much are we willing to pay to have one ad in next year's Yellow Pages? $25. Seattle Yellow Pages. I'll do it for $25. I'll throw in another $25. It's our same money. It's my your twenty five dollars is my twenty five dollars. Call six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. Pledge now. We are now apparently holding a telethon so we can raise money for our Things yellow pages. Things are going to start happening <laughs> yeah. to us now. We also have a Facebook group. Genevieve, you're in charge of that. I am in charge of that, and you can go to Facebook. Uh, you can sign up. Welcome to our three new members this week. It's great to have you. I uh, can't wait to see what you have to say. And, um, yeah, it's a really fun community. All right. Look for us in the Yellow Pages. We'll talk to you next week. The government is lies, son. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spies, son. I'm Pisces rising. And you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson.